The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm so debt. worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show, the professor, T. Payne, Tony Payne. How are you, Mr. Payne? It's a wonderful day. Another great day for financial planning. Excellent. And also joining me is John Sestina, the godfather of fee-only financial planning, our godfather of fee-only financial planning. How are you, John? I'm blessed. We had a big week. The queen is dead. We have a new king, a new monarch, I guess, in in, uh, title only, right? That's a great great loss that she is gone. Yeah. Because she did so much for so many... I don't mean just her people, but she was interconnected uh, politically with all the governments and leaders and so forth, and she had great influence. So level-headed. Did you know she drove uh, uh ambulance when she was a brand-new queen? No. Like 14 years old? No kidding. World War II? She was a, quite a lady. Well, yeah. to, to that point, John, I mean, there is something to be said for somebody who had the wealth, had the titles, had all that, but showed up. Yep, she Showed did. up for the charity, showed up for government, did the good things during the Cold War to keep us connected and do the right things there. I mean, there's a lot there's over a lot that reign that, wow, wow. Well, and it also shows that through trauma is how you grow and how you build and how you create success, so... 70 years in title, right? In, 70 in years. Queen. That's, That's 14 presidents. Yeah. That's a lot of How many prime ministers did she uh, appoint or anoint? I don't know. Well, I guess what's her role? It that? was a little no, more. No, you're right, Steve. Yeah, there but there was few. a bunch. But yeah, it was, yeah. I think it was more than 14. Sure, probably. Right? Brand new one this week. Yeah, two days ago, <laughs> right? Uh, a couple of days before she passed. So um, big news there. Uh, this first segment, I'm, I'm going to title it, uh, we're going to get into it, but I'm going to title it Winter is Coming. But before we uh, <laughs> good before one. we go there, uh, just to the listeners out there, we're going to have some really good topics in the upcoming shows. We're going to talk about year-end tax planning, a really big topic, right? How to tie up your tax return, tax planning for the end of 2022. Talk a little bit about open enrollment, employer benefits. That usually occurs in Q4. So we have some good topics coming up on future shows. Please tune in and tell your friends. And you can even uh, find us on iTunes, Spotify, or tell your uh, Alexa to play Managing to be Wealthy podcast. Or they could even read your book, Stephen, and read yeah. about what you... Planning a successful future. Yes, there you go. And Managing to be Wealthy. Yep. I just talked to somebody uh, this past week there. They got a copy of your book about 20 years ago <laughs> and have been using it as their financial plan and it's done wonders for them oh that's good news so yes so uh managing to be wealthy is another good one and that's the title of our show right and company it's a great it's a great thing and one of the things you mentioned there Stephen, i can't let it go again without being said or repeated is looking at those options during open enrollment 
So we'll really dive in in a future show. But if you're someone getting that stuff now or over the next couple months, that's an area of financial planning that a lot of, dare I say, investment-focused advisors may skip over, may not even touch. It's a real comprehensive plan when you're going through those open options, too, to make sure you're getting what's best for you. So make sure that you're looking at that. And if you have questions, make sure you're sitting down with somebody who can help you. Amen. And it's really benefits. Right, benefit for you. So look at the benefits that are available and use them to maximize those benefits. Lots of fun there. All right. So going back to my winter is coming. That was a little tagline of a a popular mini series. Uh, Did you watch Game of Thrones, John? (laughs) (laughs) Right after Andy Griffith. There you go. So, uh, but reason I say winter is coming, we've got we've got a pretty big uh, problem brewing in Europe with energy. I am very concerned about where this could lead, uh, because if you look back at history, which is going to be the other part of our show, is is history going to repeat itself? This is big. Tony, what are your thoughts on energy crisis right now in Europe? Right. One, one of the things specifically in this instance is the Russians have closed the pipeline. The Germans aren't getting the natural gas they need. And when you look at it, natural gas prices spiked 28% in one day last week. I mean, 28% on Monday. If you are a consumer, someone who relies on this, or over there they might do a government bailout or help the consumer, but they're not going to help business. And that's a big part. If this energy is so needed for everything, heating, energy, lights, all of it, this is going to be a real cost to their economy. Well, that's because Russia had a valve go out, Tony. Oh, yeah. You know, that's yes. the only reason that uh, they did that. Valve. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> squeaky man. valves, they hurt, right? Sure. Um, but the, and, and in the bigger context, Tony, right, even the shipping, food production, this is big across the board. And, that, that, and looking back at history, one of the things that started World War II was an oil embargo against Japan. It, it happens. Right? Energy is important, right? And, and yeah, energy is so critical, and people's uh, well-being. It's the pressure now that are on is on the citizens of Europe. This is big, and I'm I'm very concerned at where this may lead to. Well, you should be. I mean, energy is the crux of all our inflation right now, worldwide. Mm-hmm. When you look at all these things, and that's what's uh, going to cause a lot more pain, and it will erode into these other areas like food. We don't think much about that, but you hear the reports from the farmers, and they're struggling in many, many ways. Yeah. Imagine driving your tractor these days. You have to move it from one field to the next, and you're burning up all that diesel fuel. Mm-hmm. That costs you lots of money. Sure does, right? And even uh, a lot of the truckers and stuff, they just leave their trucks going. Yep. Right? Because diesel, again, diesel is a very efficient fuel, but you need it. You need mm-hmm. lots of it. Um the other thing too with with, with Russia, right? If, if now the pressure is applied not only to Putin but the EU, and there, there's a who's gonna who's gonna bend first? That's that's where I'm concerned, right? Is is he gonna dig, digging his heels in? Because certainly anybody who's opposed or even suggested opposing this uh, conflict or war has suddenly committed suicide. Yeah. Right. That's scary. This guy, one of the leaders of the Luke Oil Corporation who spoke out against the war, he was in a hospital, supposedly sick, and he fell out of a window. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. In the hospital and you fall out of a window. Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, that's as Russian as could be, right, John? Right. 
He was opposed to. Uh, oh yeah, he, he, he spoke, he spoke out, out. He said maybe we should reconsider. He didn't even say oppose. He said maybe we should right. reconsider. Well, right. It's yeah, amazing that's... for all the criticism that Putin is getting. He seems to be very clever, doesn't he? Oh, right. I but mean, like he's, a, like he's, he's a gangster. He right? set it up. <laughs> he he. It's like playing chess. He knew that he he had that pipeline, mm-hmm. and he suckered the, the other people to let him have the pipeline, and now he's got control of Europe. Yeah. Can can we look at the bright side a little? Sure. Is there, is there a bright side? I, I guess. Do you have I mean, a match? We can light well, the no, fire. No, geez. <laughs> Aside from the human tragedy, think of it from the U.S. standpoint as a business. Again, just be cold, hard finance, guys. U.S. exports of natural gas are up 65%. I mean, again, it was one of the promises the administration made that they had nothing to do with it. It wasn't them who made more natural gas available. It was businesses. And a lot of the natural gas exports that people thought wouldn't be available, they were going to Pakistan or other countries, and they assume these are all spoken for. It was worth it to break the contract, redirect the ship, and go to Europe with these supplies. And for, again, this is the example, but a $60 million ship of goods is being sold for almost $300 million. It's worth it to redirect, and there's a lot of U.S. energy benefiting from this. I saw the U.S. is now sending 60% of its liquefied natural gas Exports are now going exactly. to Exactly. Oh, almost right? doubled. They're, they're pu- pushing all they can to help support them, and, and obviously they We're an energy it. giant. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very interesting, and again, I hope uh, it comes to a close soon because this could be a long winter. This this war started in the warming months. Now we're getting to the colder months, and that's that could be uh, a dicey situation for all. So. When we come back, we're going to switch topics and see if history will repeat itself in another area, the housing market. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. First segment, we talked a little bit about the energy issues in Europe and how the U.S. is uh, involved with that as far as supplies, uh, liquefied natural gas, and uh, the pressure that's going to be on the European Union and and a lot of that area around Russia. So stay tuned. Hopefully things settle down over there. Well, uh, Tony, last week, uh, Bank of America, we're going to switch subjects here. Is history repeating itself? Bank of America created a... We'll call it a new program. A new program. A new That's program. True. It's a new program for them, but is it actually program. new? <laughs> Tony, go ahead and give us the give the listeners a little bit of a background on this. Well, with all of the great rosiness and the best intentions, perhaps Bank of America is bringing out the Community Affordable Loan Solution. And what this is is a program where they're targeting specific zip codes and areas where they're predominantly black or Hispanic or Latino neighborhoods, and they're going through to say, we can do loan programs. You have to meet income and certain qualifications, but we can do zero down loans. Basically, we can qualify you for a mortgage with 0% down at these perhaps inflated house prices in these very pricey markets. So maybe with the best intentions, we think there could be some really gotchas there and some dangerous things of what we used to call maybe predatory lending. Right. 
John, what was the question you asked Tony and I? What, what, I'm, I'm choking on what he said. <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, the, the whole thing's predatory. What is the business of a bank? Make money in theory. And how do they do that? They make money by lending money. They lend money to people. And the last time they did this, what happened? People didn't pay the money back. They couldn't yeah. pay it back because it was clear that they, if they couldn't afford it, then why would you force a program on them to make them think they can afford it and then nail them with you know foreclosures, lose their homes, uh, drain their reserves, et cetera, et cetera? That's incredibly selfish. Well, when well, when you say afford it, John, we mean to the down payment, right? I mean, that's the, if no, you're I'm talking about the whole thing, we're going to get into the whole thing, the whole picture. But to your point, John, reason we're saying history is repeating itself. This same type of program start was back in 1999. Yep. It was by the housing and urban development. They said, let's, let's focus on they, and they called it the American dream, which, okay. Yeah. Home ownership, right. Having that property, it is an emotional dream to have that at your disposal and have the ability to do it. And they made it a point. And as most uh, educated listeners know that by 2008, it was a complete disaster because it all unraveled and we're going to get into how it unravels and why we might be going down the same path. But going back to the bank of America uh, issue, zero down, own the house and good luck. Now, my question is who's selling these houses to them? to the people who qualify, who owns that house. <laughs> well, it really depends, right? I yeah. mean, there was no restriction that they had to buy it from a pool that the bank's offering. Mm -hmm. But strangely, the banks do have a lot of houses in these neighborhoods. Right. Is that why you had your suitcase packed today? So you're going to go right down and sell houses? Hey, John, I'm right. <laughs> you know, it's a hard economy these days. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, so it, am I. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we go through this, though, I mean, again, this is where John, and you and I talked about it. I mean, this could be sensitive to some people or twist people out. But deep down, is this a predatory Financial, loan? Financially, it's, 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 a, bad right. I it's mean, a big problem. If I mean, you're buying a house at 100000 I'm just using round numbers, and let's say it is a peak housing market. Housing's never been more expensive and maybe we went five or ten years of a housing decline you know what people say don't doesn't happen but it does we know it does there have been periods where housing went flat if you're stuck and you have no equity in that home and that home declines below what your mortgage amount is you're back to being underwater and we remember those stories and horror stories where someone maybe needed to downsize or they lost their job and they're stuck with this property that they can't even unload I mean, that's, I think, where we're really coming from, that this could be a predatory program. Well, as I asked you guys before the show started, give me two reasons why this is a good idea. Well, assuming someone manages it the right way, I'll stretch, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, you're you're making a house affordable for someone in the sense that their down payment stays in their checking account. Maybe they did qualify. Maybe they would have been able to put 20% down. But if they're doing all the right things and they save their 20% they don't and they could take program. advantage of this program. Yeah, they, they don't right. need the program. Right. Well, you don't need it, but you could still qualify you could for it and keep your money it. in your yes. pocket. Yes, you're 100% And then correct. when the housing, yeah. you know, changes, apply your money to it. So, I mean, I, I think it's liquidity maybe, John, if used very wisely by a very savy consumer. You're Too bad we're not me, on John. TV. Right. You're you're looking looking at me, it was laser beam death stare. It came from John directed at Tony. What, what? I only came up with one, John. I know. I mean, and it, you said it was a stretch. But there, again, in that scenario, I do agree with it. If somebody did have that 20% and could use it to their advantage where they could keep the 20% as a liquid savings, 
they could benefit from it. That's the one scenario. That's but other than that, I John, thought. I agree. There's n- very few benefits from this because more people will probably be hurt from this than helped from this. Right. That's the concern I have is financially, and we're going to dig deep into why this this is risky. Well, again, there's a reason why banks traditionally want a down payment. I mean, it buys that equity in the home, like we said, so that if the house price declines or something happens, there's a little bit of room there for things to be net even. Or let's say that that person does not have the ability to save and build a down payment. Well, if you're a homeowner, we know those expenses can be outrageous. A new roof, a new furnace, a new driveway. If you don't have liquid cash to be able to pay for these things and there's no equity in the home for a home equity loan, you're stuck. You are stuck. And this is where we're coming from. I know with – go ahead. And these are not new construction Buildings no, either, right? No, that's the, that's where your point, right? Deferred maintenance through right. the eyeballs, right? <laughs> Built in 1950, <laughs> right, whatever, right? And, and they're, they still have a boiler versus the HVAC. Um, it's it's a problem. And even uh, I read a uh, article this week that Goldman Sachs is expecting home prices to fall in 39 percent of U.S. cities. Yep. So they're implementing this program at a peak real estate market. That's the other danger. We're not, it's not in a normal scenario. We've got a major real estate problem brewing in this country because of what's happened the last two years. Well, exactly. Especially in these cities that we're talking about, too. I mean, when we talk about the movement during the pandemic and where people have moved and the rise of remote work, I mean, the idea of major cities being as relevant isn't as true anymore. If you want to go in the city and see a show and have great fun, go for it. But I think we've all learned in different ways there's benefits to being flexible, being remote here. And when you're stuck under with a house perhaps underwater, you can't enjoy that. You can't be flexible. And that's a real downside of this. It is. I mean, it, it, even in my case, I was used this. Bobby and I bought our house twenty over 25 years ago. All right. Okay. And at that time, the market was high. So we obviously paid a premium price. So we bought the house, and I looked on uh, uh, what is that timber? Not timber. Zillow. <laughs> Zillow. Yeah, yeah Zillow. some such program. It's close. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what was the value of my house? What you paid for it? What I paid for it. Right. Twenty-five years ago. Yeah. So imagine these poor people. Right. Right, John. You're on it, and you yeah. put a lot of money in all along the well, way. Well, yeah. and what's and the risks risk to these purchasers is Tony exactly what you said is the upkeep, the cost of ownership. We talk about cost of ownership for everything in your financial plan, whether it's a car, a house, even a pet. I joke about pets. You have a St. Bernard or a little poodle. Cost of ownership is extremely different for those two types of pets, a cat versus a bird, a fish versus whatever. So there's a cost of ownership in everything you have. And that's the concern that I come insurance, proper insurance. Will they have property? Will they have homeowners insurance, uh, anybody who has financial challenges, that's one area they may cut corners to try and make this affordable. And then just the dependency on their income, that huge, absolutely huge. So again, I know, John, you you say you're not against home ownership. It's about having it at the right time, the right, right point in time for yeah. everyone, regardless of income. <clears throat> exactly right. So we're coming up on a break here. Uh, you're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.
Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is fellow certified financial planner, Tony Payne and John Sestina. So in the first couple segments, we talked uh, first segment about the energy in Europe crisis that we're dealing with. Last segment, we talked about Bank of America's new program, uh, 0% down on a house. So we're going to dig a little bit more into that and why it's risky and just the overall housing market. Uh, before, but before we get to that, if you'd like to learn more about John E. Sestina and company and managing to be wealthy, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. And there's a lot of information there to get in touch with us and uh, build your financial plan. It's very important to have. Uh, John, so we, we're, I'm going to switch over here to the housing market. Uh, we talked a little bit about where this is trending. Where do you see this? What's the trend? What's the, the buzz right now? Well, the buzz right now is that the housing has gone down substantially, even recently, and the trend is down. So we're past the bubble. If you know you didn't hit that bubble and sell at the right time, and you're trying to sell now, you could lose as much as thirty percent from what you would have been able to ask. Yeah. So it's pretty dramatic. That is big. Uh, the the one trend I'm seeing, and this is a scary trend, is adjustable rate mortgages. Right, interest rates are going up. So all of a sudden, that mortgage payment number increases, the the uh, monthly payment amount. Going back to the year 2000, the adjustable, adjustable rate market share was about 30%. By 2005, it was 35%. And then we know that's when the, the problem started to arise. By 2010, it dropped from 35% in 2005 to 7% in 2010 mm-hmm. because all the we were in a low interest rate environment. A lot of people refinanced and realized the risks of the adjustable rate loans. Here we are in 2022, and now it's back up to 10%. And uh, in 2020, it was at 3%. So wow. we're seeing a sharp increase now in adjustable rate loans. This goes back to your, what is the motive of a bank, right? right? What's the motive of a mortgage uh, broker or a realtor? To move that house, to move that mortgage. and Push that, the paper. Push the paper. Sorry. Is there regulation that they have to deal with on, do, mm-hmm. do people know what they're getting into with adjustable rate loans? Well, oh, you can have, refinance in a couple of years. Yeah, they just have to you think you qualify for the loan mm-hmm. by whatever standard is out there. Yep. And if you do, uh, people don't realize that. The banker is not your assistant here. The realtor really is not either if it's not your realtor. Because what they're doing is their job, and they're hoping to make some money on doing their job. That's no bad. That's no bad thing. But if you're sitting there thinking, "Well, these are my consultants," you're not doing yourself any good. Mm-hmm. And what goes into that analysis? The analysis of what a, the a house affordability. Well, you you turn on uh, the television, you can get uh, even before this program, get five percent loans, right, Tony? Those are great loans. Five percent down, you mean? Uh huh. Yeah, ninety-five percent loan and, leverage. And yeah. then you got the PMI or whatever it is. PMI, the, yeah, know, that's in your favor. That private mortgage insurance. Yeah, you have to pay. You got to pay that. That adds another five percent. Let's say five. Not that add five percent. Whatever it is, but it adds money to it. Yeah. And f- the only good thing about that is when you do pay down the mortgage to the extent you now have twenty percent equity, you can cancel that, mm-hmm. so you can save that money. So you have uh, those programs. So, and I remember years ago when these r- mortgages were running a rift, clients would come in and say, oh, I got this great offer on this new house and I don't have to put any money down and I don't. I pay this much for five years and then 
nothing for another Stated year. Stated income. Oh my yeah. word! It was incredible. Yeah, how it was, yeah, it was, was yeah. I remember I got I got rejected for a mortgage in two thousand four. Okay. I was I was I was a little upset by it, and you're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just just keep 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 grinding, keep working. You'll be fine. It'll work out when the time is right. And within like six to eight months, it was like, oh, just tell me your income. Yeah. Right. And I was like, are you well, serious? Uh, We've gone from a deep dive into my financial background, our financial background, to just tell us what your income is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Well, it was about five mm-hmm. million dollars a year. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Biggest house out in the block. Go ahead, Tony. Well, no, no. The other part to this as well, when we're going through this, trying to make sense of it all, I mean, these houses and the mortgages associated with them, I kind of joke to push the paper, but that's what it is. I mean, if you hear someone say, well, what's your budget? What's the payment you're looking for? You know to keep your eyes wide open, get your amortization table out, and find out what is the real cost of this thing I am buying. Because the sticker price, and this is where the housing market's getting fun now, we see sticker prices going down, interest rates go up, and there is some equilibrium there. I mean, the idea of, okay, if the payment's 2000 it may still be $2,000, you are going to end up with less house or more house even. But there is some math behind that that, like you're saying, Stephen, when you know what the real product is and you know what's, what's really in your favor, you can make some great decisions now, I think. Yeah, uh, you're making a good point, Tony. You as a consumer have the right to negotiate. And you can negotiate with the mortgage broker or as well as anyone else. And so... If you're going to put down X down payment, maybe if you put in another 1%, then your mortgage rate comes down, maybe 2%. I don't know. I'm making this up. Yeah. But nonetheless, you can negotiate those things, and now's a good time to do that. Right. Now, one to watch out for, and we've seen this, and it's been very interesting with all the fiduciary rules out there, we have had different banks come to people and say, if you take this loan, we'll give you a lower interest rate if you move your portfolio over to oh, our yeah. advice, right, right, over to our management. Right, right. And when you really do the math on that, and please do the math, please right. do the math. The cost, you've got yeah. to find out what that interest rate savings is versus the cost of the products they're going to put you in. And it's funny because those windows at the bank are separated with different logos. They're not supposed to talk to each other. So they can't really tell you what the cost of that new portfolio is going to be. And that's where you've got to keep your eyes open if you're doing this. Yeah. The the other thing with the adjustable rate mortgage is this hot trend with the sales aspect being interest rates will be lower in a few years. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. Right. And that's the assumption. And boy, you we could have a major problem if interest rates are not lower in five years because you're, all of a sudden your adjustable rate loan comes due if you had a three-one arm, a three-year arm, a five-year arm, and you could see your payment go up by hundreds if not thousands of dollars. On that very note, I mean, just think about your high-yield savings accounts online if you have one of those. You might have been seeing a great interest rate a year ago of 0.5%. <laughs> Now, today, (laughs) right, right, maybe that, Stephen, depending on where you're at. Now, today, you might be seeing up to 2%. I mean, think of that astronomical increase in such a short amount of time. If we're talking about interest rates overall, that that increase could be steep. And to be pricing in interest rates going down or something, or your house appreciating, this is dangerous, dangerous leverage. You got to watch out. Yeah, the same thing is true of... uh... Uh, what you were making the point, Stephen, very important point. People may not realize if they take one of those adjustable rate mortgages, they have to make a balloon payment at the end of some period of short period of time. Where are you going to come up with all that money? 
Yep. Or they'll tell you, well, we'll refinance it for you. At yeah, what rate? 79% rate. Yeah, exactly, right? And, <laughs> and at and, what cost? Right. Even? And that's why I think the, the naivety that interest rates are, are, are they're high, they're going to go down. And we don't, and John, you tell the stories, 14, 15, 16% mortgages back in the early 80s. Yeah. Who's to say we can't get back there? Oh, we and, can. Right? We can. And, and that's why I'm <laughs> saying, will history repeat itself? Because if it does, we've got a really long economic winter here. Well, we're up. headed on that path now. The The Fed has said they have to keep raising the rate. Yeah. And it's what now? What oh, are, it's going to go up, continue to go up, yep. John. I mean, so we're going to see it about four points, or five. Maybe. So you, you kick it up yeah. 75 basis point for another three or four times, yeah. and you're going to see mortgage rates at 13% again. Yeah. So I, we're coming up on another break, and we'll continue our discussion here with the housing and how it fits within your financial plan. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. This episode was really dedicated towards the risks of the current mortgage environment, how it could impact negatively to your financial plan. And, and John, the, the risk with these, these mortgages and the inability to have financial difficulties, it can be catastrophic. It can be catastrophic, especially if you look at it myopically, because it's not just the mortgage. It's not just the home prices. It's also your job. I mean, the, the employment market, we're saying, oh, yeah, we got the lowest employment, but but people are going to lose their jobs here. Who was it just laid off 24,000 people? It was one of the tech companies. And so that's coming mm-hmm. because the employers are not going to be able to pay if their costs keep going up the way they're going up. Yeah. The employment costs are always the hardest to – actually, they're the easiest to fix because you do it through employment and unemployment, yep. right? And that's, that's right. unfortunately – the reality of, of running a, a big business is is your staffing. So that's that's the risk is you're now tied to your income to have to pay these mortgage payments. But the, the frenzy we have seen with the bidding and the overbidding, how high do you want to go? And we've off, we put in bids on four different houses and weren't even close. And then finally the fifth one, <laughs> they get trapped into that. I've got it. Like it's almost like an auction, right? right Where right. I got to have something. And then you all of a sudden you're overextending your limits. And, you know, I've had some discussions with people firsthand and, and how uh, in that conversation, I'm like that, that congratulations, that's your life home. Right, because you paid a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars over its real value um, through a b- bidding frenzy, and they'll be bored with it in two years, probably. Right, so but, it better be your real home. And hopefully, any remodeling you did, you did because you wanted to. Because if you bought some of these homes that are, I'll say, older here, and they haven't been touched because someone before you was, dare I say, house poor. And they couldn't afford to do the new cabinets and the new kitchen and make it the new style. When you go in and do all that remodeling, you're just catching it up to speed. Mm -hmm. You're buying yourself time. But when you eventually sit there for another 20 years and it's time to sell it again, guess what? They're still going to want new countertops, new flooring, new windows. There's still going to be new stuff that comes out. So if you're really doing this right, you should be able to hopefully replenish that stuff on an ongoing basis but like we were saying earlier if you bought a home with a lot of deferred maintenance in it it's a lot more than that mortgage payment like you were saying john 
Yeah, all this is it really. This is completely engrossed by our our thought process of managing to be wealthy, because you have to manage all the parts all the time. This is not something that's goes straight line all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you poke the balloon here and the bubble comes out there. You have to be aware of that. And so people aren't. They forget, well, yeah, if I buy a new car and have the insurance goes up, little things like mm-hmm. that. And pretty soon all those little things become a real burden, especially true with the largest purchase in your life, your house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at my house. Thank God, Tony, at least in my house. Yeah. I don't have to remodel, and whoever gets it will want it just as it is. Oh, I bet. Because <laughs> it's uh, kind of nice. And, and the other, right, and the other things that come with that new house, okay, great, you have a new house, and the income behind to pay for the house is so important. So now it goes back to everything we've talked about on this show and managing to be wealthy. You have to insure that income. You have to have proper disability insurance. You have to ins- life insurance to insure the life of that income. So you need life insurance. This doesn't, that's not free. Nope. Right. It's all in, it all goes up. The costs go up. What I'm trying to figure out is uh, how do we, how do we lessen this frenzy on the housing prices (laughs) spiking? It's very simple. No one likes the answer, but it's very, very simple. It's kind of like when I talk about discipline, most hated word in the English language, you have to cut back. And that's what's going on. We are running wild because we've had a really good run here for the last few years. And people are just spending like nothing's going to change. And you have to now sit back and like I know you do, Tony and Stephen, with people that talk about their quote unquote cash flow. Yep. And what happens if you lose this job and, you know, there's two of you working now and you have another child coming along. Well, I'm going to quit working when the other child comes along. Well... Let's see. I know you think that, but there's so many factors, so many variables. That's why with our approach, we're always talking about everything all the time because everything is affected all the time. Mm-hmm. It is a comprehensive approach. So, Tony, how does this housing, how these, we cool these housing prices? Well, I know what my good buddy Cole would say. Cole's one of those younger millennials who's a little, you know, he's just got that edge to him. We like Cole. But- yeah, boy. The market's got to crash. I mean, that's what's got to happen. Price, it's a market. Markets go up, markets go down. Politicians get upset and they take advantage in the middle because people got taken advantage of. They were given or got homes at high prices. The price went down. Now they're stuck underwater and they go out with their torches and pitchforks and blame the banks. I mean, that's been the that's, theme that's today. What will happen. And yep. the idea yep. here is if we know that is the repetitive cycle and you can manage your cash flow and you can build some cash up buy a house when you need a house don't buy a house because of what the market's doing don't not buy a house because of what the market's doing if you stick to your plan and you know your numbers you can start to gauge how much extra will i have every month will i have a reserve that if i need to replace the driveway or the roof i can do that and still not get thrown off track so I think, Stephen, there's a lot of this demographic wave, too, of just seniors, just the baby boomers retiring where we didn't have another baby boom. I mean, there's two job openings for every one person looking. I mean, that's not going to go anywhere in the near future. So the idea here is housing hopefully will stay stable, but you've still got to be able to afford it along the way. Well, the, you you mentioned, John, about the demand side, and that's what you talked about. We have two major generations are still in that home ownership phase is the baby boomer generation and then the millennial generation. And the millennials now are at the point where they're in the home buying 
and the and we still have a supply issue with houses which has created that spike and mm -hmm. the overpricing the other side of it i would ask is is our government local government part of the problem where are they raising taxes enough uh, or better right? because yet. cost of ownership if you see your property uh. tax bill and say whoa Twenty thousand. I'm not going to pay that, right? So you, that might be impacting too. Is are they raising the local taxes enough yes, for the housing are. values? I <laughs> I disagree. And, well, another I, artificial I uh, to your point, maybe Stephen, where government does definitely interferes. It's all the artificial limits on new builds. Yeah. I mean, where you can build, how you can build. I mean, it's not a right-left thing, I think. There's the not-in-my-backyard idea that applies in local politics. Yep. And if you're not willing to have maybe a complex here with a lot of mixed-use purposes, well, then you've got to move out and sprawl out, and then commutes are longer. So, I mean, it's top-down, I think, where if we enable the market to work and people can build the kind of homes that people want to buy, where they want to buy them, that's going to help this too. And I think there's a lot of restraint right now, whether an environmental or the banks, a lot of it, where they're not going out and building these newer homes in perhaps the way that they could. And Stephen, you have, you'd mentioned those uh, uh, employment groups. The millennials are the most um, at risk mm -hmm. in their jobs. Yeah, They're still getting it going. Right. And so they're more likely to be laid off than the guy with some seniority. Right. right. And, and yeah, and that's, and again, then you still have to pay the mortgage. And again, that's why these adjustable rate loans are at risk. There's a lot of moving pieces here. Tony, to your point, the market should correct itself. And unfortunately, fingers are going to be pointed, but I'm, I'm, I just see it coming here. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. John, I know you say don't live by the crystal ball. You'll eat charred glass. Yep. Uh, but this is, again, I see, this is not a good situation where we've come into here. Now the country could be headed for some rough times. Yeah. As it all comes together. Yeah. So hopefully this uh, show in the history does not repeat itself, but we just wanted to shed some light on that. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.